How do we start an episode? I don't know. I don't know. I guess you'd be like... I'm Dante Centauri, and I love to talk about insects. I'm Mia Centauri, and I also love to talk about insects. So we'll be talking about insects together on Insect View. So today, we are going to be talking about a, a, a an animal, an insect that is definitely not one of the more beloved uh, creatures on Earth. It's got a it's got a rustic charm. It does. Though. It does have a rustic charm. You're right. It's you know it's it's a go getter. Yeah, it really is. It's uh, none other than the housefly. Its official Latin name is Musca domestica, and it's a dipteran, which is the order containing all the flies, and in the family Muscidae. And this whole family is often associated with human structures and activities. They all kind of have followed people around the globe, which gets into the actual origin origins and distributions of the housefly. Uh, so houseflies are uh, obviously everywhere, but where they actually come from is a mystery. Uh, so they've been around for so long, don't really know where exactly they, they originated from. So they've just been associated with people and they have lived in our homes for, for so long and they've basically followed us everywhere. They're just sort of widespread around the world now. Uh, it's, its origin has been sort of approximated to be somewhere in the Middle East, but it's really, we can't be sure where exactly they came from. Yeah, and one of the reasons they follow us around is because kind of human activity fits really well into their life cycle. And the whole, it all starts exactly where it expected to happen, just in a pile of garbage somewhere. And they're super well adapted to living in garbage, manure, filth in general. And the females will lay their eggs. They usually do it in clusters because a pheromone kind of compels them all to lay in the same spot. And the larvae just pop out within a day, unless they're overwintering. And then they really need moisture for the larva to grow. That's one of the big. Uh, without moisture, you don't get the fly. Well, a lot of a lot of bugs really rely on moisture for uh, for anything from like for molting to pupating. It's like really important. Yeah, and that's another reason they like like trash and manure so much because it, it holds it holds moisture. It's moist. It's good for them. And they also like it's at- also delicious. Oh yeah. <laughs> I do not want any sort of misconceptions about this. We do want you to eat garbage. Yeah. <laughs> there is no disclaimer. And at once the larva develops, it turns into a pupa and then sits around for 14 days. And then the fly pops out and starts causing you trouble. Yeah. This is kind of an interesting little side note, but there was actually a study done on finding out which manure was best for housefly development. <laughs> and so the, the authors concluded that swine, chicken, and calf manure is the best for quicker hmm. development and larger flies. Is this just calves and not cows? Yeah, just the calves calves on milk, I believe. Uh, I guess their poop oh. was the most nutritious. It's got more protein in it. Mm-hmm. Right, well. I mean, I guess that could be good if you have someone like you really don't like. Mm. You know exactly how to attract yeah. flies to the house. <laughs> here, here, here comes my Trojan horse. It's a wheelbarrow full of calf manure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of that, uh, uh, I'm sure as, you know, we all kind of have this feeling of house flies being dirty. And yeah, they definitely have been in our, our human consciousness for most of the time as you know as, as, as a health concern and this the whole um this really kind of started around the early 20th century when people were actually sort of like noticing a lot of um like public health stuff like like you know especially like like in america so yeah i mean they've been associated with disease and stuff for a very long time there's apparently there's a there's sort of an attempt to rebrand the housefly as, as the, the typhoid fly because mm-hmm. you know i mean that was a big problem back then so you got to you gotta find someone to blame for it, right? But there was this is kind of part of a early push in some literature that I was reading where people tried to started try to associate the housefly with diseases because it was a really good analogy for germ theory, which was new at the time. And it was a little tougher to convince people on germ theory 
because you're asking them to believe in little invisible. Yeah, they, you can see a fly. Yeah, and the fly was a very obvious analogy. Like the fly goes in the dirt, it walks on your food, it gets you sick. Like it's a perfect way to kind of explain germ theory to people. And so it was a really good way to, it was a perfect scapegoat, really. Uh, yeah, also, I mean, flies haven't always been, or flies aren't always uh, dirty. They've been used in science a lot. We've used, uh, flies have been pretty important to, you know, all kinds of, of research and stuff. But there actually, there was kind of an interesting experiment that was done on uh, the STS-3 shuttle in the, uh, the 80s, where they brought up a bunch of flying insects into mm -hmm. space. And so they had, uh, they had, they had honeybees. They had some moths and they had uh, house flies and they were judging their ability to fly in zero gravity. Uh, and so the honeybees like would not fly at all. Oh, yeah. um, like they just, they would like walk around and, and uh, you know, and, like stumble around and stuff. They just like couldn't do it. And the, the moths were like, they were like, okay, I mean, they, they would fly for a little bit, but then they'd eventually just kind of get thrown off and start like floating. Mm -hmm. um, but the flies, they, none of the, them were very ready to fly in zero gravity. Yeah, well, they didn't go through the astronaut training. It was really bad yeah. for flies back then. <laughs> I mean, they should have <laughs> They should have given it Yeah, to It really is unfair, right? But uh, the flies, um, when they did fly, they actually had a, a good amount of control over their flight. They, like, they had like no, no difficulty uh, really in flying from point to point in their boxes, uh, which I think that can definitely probably be attributed to uh, the, just the fact that flies are really excellent mm -hmm. flyers. They have these specialized organs, which are these, they're, they're, they're modified um, hind wings, because you know how flies only have uh, two wings. Yeah. But they have these modified hind wings called halteres. I'm actually not exactly sure how you pronounce it. But, and those are like a sensory organ that they use to align themselves in flight and keep themselves level. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that's just kind of cool. Yeah, it is interesting. Another kind of fly story, but it was in Montreal, actually. And it was called the Swat the Fly Campaign. And it was branded toward children under the age of 17, where basically you were the children were tasked. They had like three weeks to catch as many flies as they possibly could for a cash prize. And kids just went crazy for it. Like, it was a humongous yeah. hit. I mean, if you have anything that has any amount of cash reward, the children will do it. Mm -hmm. Like... <laughs> And, and with the competition, the top prize is $25, but there are other prizes offered. And part of the whole, like, sponsorship deal was that you could actually pay for your public transportation with 500-plus flies if you presented it to the conductor. <laughs> how do you, well, how do you, how do you care? Do you just have, like, a, like a sack of flies? Yeah. Tickets. Tickets. Fly box. Okay, let me count these. One, two, have, three, four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and by the end of the competition, over 25 million flies were caught in Toronto. And the winner had 1.5 million caught. 25 million? Mm. That, I mean, like, I can't even imagine how much, like, I can't, like, perceive yeah. how many uh, flies that is. It was just a shocking amount of flies. Yeah, they literally that, came in buckets. As we can see now, I mean, the crazy thing about all that is that flies are so numerous that obviously this had absolutely no impact on their population whatsoever. Yeah, I can only imagine they were back the next day. Sorry, back the next yeah. year. All right, well, thanks for tuning in to this Insect View episode on your new favorite animal, the housefly. So make sure next time you see a housefly to just give it a big, wet kiss <laughs> right on the lips. Yeah, and then follow it back to the garbage can and kiss all of its larvae. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's respectful. All right, well, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Insect View. We'll see you next time.